0: Welcome. I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes, this is a podcast where we study the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 2 Corinthians. Today is episode 473, we're looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. Let's read our passage. Whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We all, with unveiled faces, are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord, and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord who is the Spirit. Well this is Second Corinthians. This is a letter that Paul is sending to Corinth, and he sent it from Macedonia. He had sent the tearful letter via Titus after his visit, which didn't go well, and he was basically opposed by a significant part of the church or the whole church stood by and didn't deal with the opposition he had. So he felt like he was at odds with the whole church. And so he sent this different letter via Titus. Titus now returned and linked up with Paul in Macedonia. And Titus says that the majority of the church is on board with Paul now, but there's still a minority who are not. And that's the purpose of this letter, Second Corinthians, to try and win over the remaining opposition in the church before he goes there personally. He's been talking about the New Covenant versus the Old Covenant. Apparently, there are some people who have come into town who are what we call Judaizers. They are people who identify as Christians, Christian Jews, but they say you must become a Jew in order to be a Christian. You can't just come to faith. You've got to become a Jew. Hence, they are teaching the Old Covenant, the Mosaic Covenant, the covenant of the law from Mount Sinai. And Paul is contrasting the New Covenant in Christ to the Old Covenant from Moses and talking about the New Covenant has surpassed the Old Covenant. So don't fall back into the Old Covenant. Don't go become a Jew because that's already been overcome by Christianity. So before we look at verse 16, we have to remind ourselves of verse 15 that we saw last time, where he was talking about things being veiled, and this reference was to Moses. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai, he glowed, and he wore a veil so that he wouldn't upset the people around him, and then whenever he would go meet with the Lord in the tent of meeting, he would remove the veil, meet face to face with God, and then come out and put the veil on because... Every time he met with the Lord, he started glowing again. So the idea of veiled being to hide the glory from the people, essentially, or to become a barrier between the people and the glory of the Lord. And he said the reason for this veil is their sinfulness. Why couldn't they bear to look at Moses when he was glowing because he was with the Lord? You would think that would be a wonderful thing. Wow, look at Moses. He's been with the Lord. But no, it bothered them. It's because of their own sinfulness. And so Paul took that metaphor and and ran with it and talked about that they're veiled from the truth of God right now. All of them, their hearts are under a veil. And then in verse 15, he said, yet still today, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. That leads into verse 16 today. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. So before it was whenever Moses is read. Now it's whenever a person turns to the Lord. And before in verse 15, a veil lies over their hearts. But when they turn to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now, one thing to note in verse 16 is the veil is removed. That's passive voice, meaning you don't remove your own veil. The veil is removed by someone else, and that veil is removed by the Lord so that we can behold the glory of the Lord. And it happens when a person turns to the Lord. Now, there's a lot of disagreement from people about what Paul is meaning in some of these verses here, and you can read uh, five different commentaries and get five different opinions here because he says, the Lord. Now, who is he referring to? Well, we always refer to God, but which aspect? Because normally when Paul talks about the Lord, he means the Lord Jesus Christ. But when Paul refers to the Lord in the context of the Old Testament, often he's referring to God the Father. So what is it here? And I've read arguments both ways. It's hard to say because he's not actually quoting the Old Testament. And in fact, he's taken it into a new covenant idea now, turns to the Lord now. Not when Moses went to see the Lord, but whenever a person now turns to the Lord. So is he talking about turning to God the Father or is he talking about turning to God the Son, Jesus Christ? It, you could say it doesn't necessarily matter. I don't think it does. You know, The whole point here is you're turning to the Lord. You're turning to God. You're t- turning to God the Father. You're turning to God the Son, Jesus Christ. So the, the specifics of, of which it doesn't necessarily matter here. The idea is that veil is removed. That veil that was before we talking about covering the heart and preventing you from really seeing the glory of, of God and experiencing what God is doing. That veil gets removed when you turn to the Lord. That has become a Christian, a follower of Christ. That's where I would go along with, he's talking about Jesus Christ here, turns to the Lord, I'm talking about following Christ, but turning to the Lord, the Father, through Jesus Christ, he could be meeting that. And verse 17, he now amplifies on this. So He turned to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Now this gets complicated. And we just have to have a lot of humility here because, again, there are all kinds of interpretations on this. Uh, However you can dream it up, somebody says, yes, that's the answer. So we just have to step back and take it in a big picture kind of way. Let's not get in here and try and dissect this because it, it could mean a lot of things. Now, the Lord is the Spirit. He's obviously talking about the same Lord as he was in verse 16. So is he now saying... God the Father is the Spirit. However, he says the Spirit. He doesn't say is Spirit. He says is the Spirit. Is he referring to the Holy Spirit here? Or is he just referring to, not necessarily the Holy Spirit, but it's the Spirit of Jesus Christ? Now, he's been talking about spiritual things when he was talking about the Old Covenant versus the New Covenant. The Old Covenant is. A, covenant of death. And the new covenant is a covenant of life. The old covenant is a covenant of written words. The new covenant is a covenant of the spirit. So is he just talking kind of general spiritual things or is he talking about the Holy Spirit? But he says the Lord is the spirit. So is he saying the Lord Jesus Christ is the Holy Spirit? And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So the spirit of the Lord is referring to the Spirit of Jesus Christ or the Holy Spirit being the Spirit of God, it's hard to say exactly what he means here. I think he is talking about the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the one who does these things. The Holy Spirit is the one who removes the veil. When we have faith in Jesus Christ and turn to the Lord, the Holy Spirit is the one who removes that veil from our hearts and allows us to fully comprehend, or at least the best we can, the glory of God. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Now, what does he mean by freedom? Some think he means freedom from the legalism of the law. Some think he's just talking about his ministry here in general as the freedom to be bold. Because he talked about being bold uh, a couple of times ago. Is it just the freedom to be bold? You're not encumbered anymore by fears? Or is it freedom from the law? I believe kind of both of that. It is freedom from being under the law, bondage to the law. Because that's what he's contrasting here, is being under the old covenant versus under the new covenant. So somebody's in darkness, they can't comprehend the things of God. But when they do come to the Lord, that veil's removed, they can comprehend the things of God. because The Holy Spirit is there, and that brings freedom. Verse 18, we all with unveiled faces are looking as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So we all with unveiled faces, who's we all? Everybody who's a follower of Christ has had this, veil removed now he's been talking about the veil over the heart and the veil over the face and so is he really making some nuances here where moses when he went out in public his face was veiled so that people wouldn't see the glory of the lord because they couldn't comprehend the glory of the lord because of their sinfulness you know, as Paul's saying that we go out into the public and we're not wearing a veil because we do reflect the glory of God to the people around us. We want the people to see the glory of God in our lives. I, I think that's what he's actually getting at now. We're, we're not hiding under a veil like Moses did. Because Moses, it wasn't that Moses was hiding. He was just being sensitive to the people. They were afraid of him because of their sinfulness. But we we don't have to have a veil. We can go out and reflect the glory of God, and we're looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord. We saw that in First Corinthians. This idea of looking in a mirror, and there we said uh, probably the best way to understand this is not directly. That it wasn't that mirrors were such bad quality that it was such a fuzzy image. Actually, Corinth made mirrors. There was one of their industries there. They made good quality mirrors made of polished metal, you get a piece of polished metal and you get a pretty good reflection in it. So it wasn't so much that it was a bad image, but not directly. So we don't directly see the glory of the Lord. How does that work? Not so sure we can really say, but we do see something of the glory of the Lord, not physically with our eyes, but revealed to us by the Holy Spirit in our hearts, and then he says we're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Again, there's passive voice, are being transformed. It's something that we don't do. It's something the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit's the one who's doing this transformation. So as we encounter God with unveiled faces, Moses took his veil off to encounter God, and he was transformed. And he physically glowed. But we take the veil off when we go out into public. And we take the veil off when we're encountering God. We don't have a veil. And we see indirectly this glory of God. And the Holy Spirit's transforming us into that same image. So we are being transformed to be more and more like Jesus Christ. From glory to glory. This is probably just a, a word usage from glory, the glory of God, to glory, the glory that we experience. It's probably what he basically means there. And he adds, this is from the Lord who is the Spirit. So it just adds to that confusion we saw back in verse 17. The Lord who is the Spirit. So we re- he refers sometimes to God the Father as the Lord. He refers to Jesus Christ as the Lord as he kind of tacking on the Holy Spirit here too with the Lord. It's hard to say exactly what the language he's trying to get at means, but I think the picture he's painting here is when we come to God, when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, and when we are dwelt by the Holy Spirit, some things that happen, that veil is removed from our hearts, and we are able to directly encounter God. And that veil is also removed from our faces, so we can reflect that glory to the people around us. It's a transformation that takes place as we are being changed from who we were, sinful people, to be the people of God, that we can actually reflect the glory of God to the people around us. This is Old Covenant versus New Covenant. Old Covenant is rules. The New Covenant, the Spirit. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through 2 Corinthians.